Welcome to episode 93 of the Inside Jogging Podcast. Apologies for being absent last week, but that means there's even more to catch up on this week with news from the British champs, some Diamond League action, as well as what's been going on in the very, very busy lives of Mr. London Robinson. But before all of that, in a week where Carla Delavine stubbed Martin Brundle on their front grid walk, let me welcome to the show a man who's legally contracted to talk to me in this opening segment. How's life in Watopia, Josh Lund? Yeah, all good. Nice of you to join us this week. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. That was actually uh, the interview with Brundle. She's so rude. Yeah, I know. I, well, for anybody who's not seen it, Formula One, Martin Brundle, who does the grid walk, tried, He's to, a legend. tried to approach a supermodel and through her PR person, she said no. Do you know my, my favourite bit about it, though? <laughs> when he said, oh, that was a shame, I better be really excited. <laughs> he was so sarcastic. It's how I feel each week after speaking to you. <laughs> and the other thing as well, when you say there's loads to catch up on, I'm assuming there's still the same amount of your running to catch up on. No different one week to two. Even less, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got plenty of biking from you to be catching up on, I'm, I'm hearing. So so anyway, let's welcome my co this evening who in a week where the show had an unplanned hiatus, I've just understood that he spent the week nailing potions and some other weird stuff on Clash of Clans with Josh. Are we talking about Clash of Clans? Yeah. Sad little men. How's life in Lincoln Chain? Well, it's it's, a, it's an easy week this week. We've just finished our Clan War League and it's, it's a difficult week. Uh, my performance wasn't great. And we, we managed to get promotion, so we're all over the moon and we can a few days chilling out now before we get back on it. We did actually get a new member when I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. It's just good. Someone's they, joined. Yeah, boy. Were they valuable? Very. Oh, good to hear. Right. Shall we go into some, some training weeks? Um, Should we start with yours, Aaron? <laughs> we can do, but there's no, nothing to report, is there? Um, well, can we, can we firstly, your... Aaron? I was going to say, let's go. Why? Why didn't we record last week? Because I was thinking about this earlier, and I was like, how many different locations and countries have I managed to record in in the last two years? Sure, we can cover that if you want. So, jo- when Josh is away, he's never on holidays on training camps in Spain or wherever. When you go on holiday with your wife whenever that happens to somewhere and you're an hour ahead and we need to record at eight o'clock which is nine o'clock in florence good luck that's all i'll say i'm not i'm not sure jenny would be best pleased if we stayed in for the night and said look we're in your way three nights but we're gonna have to spend one of them where you're gonna have to listen to me talk to josh and shane for an hour we we all know she would love that. Yeah. She probably would, but um, I didn't want to. Anyway, so yeah, I've not been running. I haven't ran since uh, whatever that Wednesday before Long Bennington was, or was it Tuesday? So now it, I actually did, did run today, so two and a half weeks off. Feel better? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought I was getting better, so... I've had this like lingering cough, chesty cough, which hasn't gone away. There's obviously some infections still around. And I, to be honest, can't be bothered to find out what it is because I feel like every time I go to the doctors, it's just a virus that they say will get cleared up by rest. Who knows? Well, um, basically, it's looking so far, giving me an opportunity to catch up. For Malaga, James yeah. giving me an opportunity to catch up. You'll be ahead of us in two weeks, anyway, Josh. So don't he's already ahead of us. He's been training hard on the bike. Um, yes. so yeah, not a lot to report other than I've been to Florence, been back to Suffolk, 
and now back in in Lincolnshire. But what was I going to say on? So when we were away in Florence, we stayed at B and B, met these couple. It's not where the story's going. Met this couple, um, the bowl. who were both in the medical profession. They one of them was respiratory, and he had some knowledge of long COVID. An interesting fact is there's a theory that histamines bring on, I think, long COVID symptoms or symptoms of it. So that's why a lot of people like myself can't have any alcohol because alcohol is full of histamines because. That's why you have that hungover feeling the next day, just a sip or a little bit of alcohol. You're looking sceptical, Shane. No, I'm wondering if I've just found an excuse for my terrible hangovers. You can't blame it when you've had about six pints. What about two or one? I don't know. I could say like a can, which is... So when I was in Florence, I had one bottle that was like 3.7% or something like that. Yeah, I was hungover. So, so yeah, got some knowledge of that, which is interesting. So, I've now gone to naught point naught percent instead of erting. It was naught point five. Seemed a bit heavy for me. So, should we talk about some training because I've got nothing to report on? Um, Chain, what you've been up to? What have I been up to? Okay, so um, I believe this was the. Um... The week after, I actually can't find it. I it can't was the week after the ten. It looks like a hilly, hilly run. It wasn't. It's around Netlam. <laughs> yeah, it's not very. A thousand feet elevation. I think that's wrong. Uh, I'm just really. I was really tall on that run. <laughs> right. So I think. So yeah, I remember that run, and um, I think I was, I was still having belly problems, to be honest. So I felt fine, and then the last little bit. Like I ran from mine. I was going to do extra. I think I was going to do 10 miles and end up having to get a lift home because I felt horrendous. But I did a Josh Lunn at the start of that run. <clears throat> I was like, all right, I'm going to run faster. So I even popped in a 6.15 mile. Lovely. What happens to the rest? Um, I um, remembered I'm really bad at running at the minute. Uh, so if I go back to my training, I, I'm just, I'll gloss over a lot of these miles because it's so relevant and I run slow. So Tuesday, I actually did, um, uh, it was a 5K race series up at our club and I was timekeeping for it. So I took the opportunity to do a, a, a an aerobic tempo run or first threshold for anyone who knows it that way. Um, so I did 35 minutes and uh, I think I averaged about, I think I was about 5.40 and it was the same loop route that i'd done uh like a, a month earlier so it was a little bit better but like similar to the, the summer solstice race 10k i was like 10 minutes in and it was so hard running like 540s or 538s or whatever it was um and it was just a proper drag to get to 35 minutes um so some slight improvement on the time before did 70 minutes the day after um i actually felt really good on this run and i don't really clock watch um when i'm running and i remember looking down at one point and i was like on a sub seven average for me which is is pretty good but honestly unless i'm confusing this with a time before yeah it was this one like i actually just really enjoyed this run and i can't remember the last time i actually enjoyed a run that much so i was quite happy about that um unfortunately because i popped in some six thirties i was hanging uh after that <laughs> so i had doms going in, into uh sort of the rest of the week so day after, did a very slow run. Now, on this Thursday, I ran with Ronnie and we're, we're a further week on now and we've discovered that my watch is so far behind Ronnie's watch. So I get really upset because I'm like a quarter of a mile down at the end of a 10-mile run. Um, so I might just start adding mileage on for the crack. But that was slow. That needed to be slow. I did not feel good. Um, then on the Friday... Uh, just an easy one again, actually, I think. So uh, then we went on to Saturday. So we did a run now, a run I've repeated before. So we do long with surges in it, two-minute surges at, towards second threshold or anaerobic threshold, or you're close to your FTP if you're Josh, who's now on a bike. Um, 
yeah, I felt great on that run, actually. Um, so I was really happy about that. Uh, we had Sean Fitzy joined us back for a run as well. So uh, another regular face back. Yeah, I felt really good on that. And then on Sunday, I think I just did a five and a half mile run to round up, I think, what was about a 70 mile week. Do you want to talk Maybe. about the main event on Saturday rather than the training? The the infamous Matthew Bowser's 40th birthday party. Aaron made a rare showing. Yeah. And, um, I, got yeah told, I got told I looked old straight away by Tom Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> um, you did. And basically... Um, it probably could be more described as an evening with. Like, you know these evenings where you get like ex-footballers and they recount their pro memories. Um, so it was basically story time with Bowser, which we, it's it's one of the favourite things we like to do. I'm um, not, I'm not sure that any of the stories are repeatable on this podcast. They're not. The, the stories aren't repeatable. Um, so we, we can't go there. But yeah, lovely evening. Had a nice little curry. Um so I was actually quite happy with that week, 70 miles, and I was starting to feel good. My knees was feeling better with every run. Um, it was recovering a lot better. So I feel like I'm, I can do some normal training again. And the, then the week after, I had my coursework to do. So um, I was planning on doing my coursework on Sunday or starting it. I didn't. I made a start on Monday afternoon, and it had to be submitted on Wednesday. So... Monday, I still like, I'm going to stick to my running plan. Still going to do it. So I did 10 miles at like in an hour 13. So Tuesday, I was like, I probably haven't got time to go and do a session. So I thought I'll, I needed a break from the desk as well anyway. And I was like trying not to do what I did back when it probably led into me getting my knee pain. So, which was sitting at my desk a lot. So I kind of managed to wangle it into a bit of a standing desk, which has helped. And then I, um, Went out for a run. Thought I'll do some easy running, and then I'll do like some like twenty second pro like sort of strides or faster sprints, just trying to work at a bit of a quicker pace. And I thought I'll do that within a ten or eleven mile run. And I did twenty minutes. Needed toilet, <laughs> so stopped off at the club. Um, went to the toilet quickly. Then did a bit more with Tom and Ronnie. And I did my surges just around the cycle track. And everyone I did, I was closer and closer to pooing myself. So in the end, I was like, that'll do. Went home, planned on getting a good couple of hours coursework done and sat on the toilet instead. So that was frustrating. Um, didn't run Wednesday. Also didn't sleep. So I went to work after a submitted, well, after doing my work in the morning anyway. And I could barely talk by the afternoon. So I went home, went to bed. And Thursday, I actually had my presentation to do as well. So it was, I had to submit the work on a Wednesday, uh, present on the Thursday. So I woke up Wednesday evening, had some tea, ran through my presentation, and went back to bed. Thursday, I got up late, I was tired, had some slight amendments I needed to make towards my sort of presentation script. And did the presentation. I thought I'll go and do a session sort of in the afternoon, perhaps. And I had no other commitments. So I blocked off work. And I couldn't really, I was just knackered, to be honest. So I didn't really want to do it. So I thought, right, we was coaching in the evening. So the, what we'd set the, the group was five minutes, eight minutes, five minutes. So I was like, sod it, I'll give it a go. Why not? Do a get on the cricket pitch sessions like Aaron. Now, I don't quite think my Garmin, my Garmin was correct because it got me going off my first mile in 4.50 and I'm fairly confident I can't even do that yet for one. But I, I mean, the emphasis of the session, you are. Cricket pitch advantage, it speeds you up. Cricket pitch advantage. Um, Now, my emphasis, my my coaching points for the session was trying to get everyone to control their pace. I popped. I started way too fast and I popped and genuinely my legs were aching and my body was aching from that session till like Sunday. So Friday, I was like, I've done a lot of mileage. Let's see if I can sort of salvage the week. Another 10 mile run on the Saturday, it flew a long run and it was quite hot and humid again. And originally Ronnie wanted to do a pickup. So I was like, oh, I'm not sure I can do that, but let's see. Started the run. I was like, actually, I'm a maybe. Um, so I felt okay. 
Ronnie decided he wasn't going to pick up. And after about an hour or 10 miles, I felt okay. So I was like, yeah, I'll do a pickup. The plan was like sort of 20 miles or 20 minutes or like three miles, uh, sort of pick up to 5.30-ish pace and just see see how that went. I did one mile and I was like, nah, it feels a bit too hard. So I'm going to take it easy. My heart rate for the rest of the run never came back down. I literally had to stop and do like breathing exercises. I felt horrific. My last mile was a 6.59 and my heart rate was aerobic. I was in a world of trouble afterwards. Um, I was barely functioning on Saturday at all. I was like, I think I'm actually going to die today. Um, I didn't, which is all right. But um, yeah, it wasn't fun. And one can only think it's because I didn't sleep on Wednesday and then did a session Thursday and basically did everything I would tell no one else to do. So um, I've got some better sleep by then. I slept a bit better that night and uh, I think I did, yeah, I did about an hour on Sunday. I felt horrendous at the start of it, but felt pretty good at the end. So I did an hour in strides. I, I don't know what pace that was, an hour five. So I think last week I was about 62 miles, maybe 63. So it's not bad considering two solid weeks. And I think whilst I can't see exactly um, on Strava, my, I think I've been pretty consistent for the best part of four or five weeks now. So I'm hoping I will start to get some fitness back. So what's the plan? I don't know. So I'm thinking about entering Newark Half Marathon, but then I realise that's really only four weeks away and I haven't built up the fitness as quick as I expected to. I may race 5K in two weeks' time at the Lincoln one, but that is a day after my next uh, piece of work deadline. So I might have to decide on the day for that. Or I might enter mid-Cheshire 5K. Pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, someone, that's a Matt Cloud special, that one, I think. Would you not be easier to do a race near to home? Probably, but... So... Not many, is there? What you should probably do is maybe do start your work now instead of playing Clash of Clans, and then you might not be cramming it in the night before. Um, yeah. Yeah, I should do that. You are right. Good. Um, yeah, mid Cheshire 5k is good. Get down to that. It's good. Yeah, so I might look into that. And then <laughs> around about that time when sort of Newark mid Cheshire is, that's really when I've, I want to start focusing on the marathon, really. So it's not actually that far away. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. Right, Josh, talk us through your cycling life for, for the next <laughs> so. Cool. So, uh, 26. <laughs> I actually did a race on this day. So I did a 10-minute warm-up. Um, and, yeah, just did one of the races on Zwift. I actually had my laptop die 15k from the finish and wanted to punch my screen. I was getting very annoyed. So that was not that successful. But I did 56 minutes pretty hard. So, And I was so pissed off I didn't actually bother warming down. Um, then the Tuesday, I just did 30 minutes uh, in the morning on the bike. And then I did 30 minutes in the evening run, just 6.11 pace. Uh, Wednesday, did 45 minutes on the bike again. And my new, uh, I actually did a session. Um, just looking to see what the session was. So it was a Garrett Thomas special. It's basically like a ramp up. So it's basically a warm up and then three minutes 30 and then like the next 30 seconds is pretty hard and then three minutes 30 again but slightly harder than the 30, three thirty before and then 30 seconds again and it's pretty brutal so you gradually just ramping it up each time uh, that was quite good um and then on the thursday i was in the office so i did 30 minutes 6 24s and uh, I did 30 minutes on the bike as well. Friday, the day after that, was my first double, I say double run, two run, two runs in a row. Since 
London Marathon. That's how long it's been. Um, so did 20 minutes, 6.17s. Um, and then that was all I did that day. <clears throat> so on the Saturday, I did an hour uh, on the bike. I did another session. Um, this one was a bit complicated. If you want to look at it, just go and look at my strap because I can't be able to explain it. It was about, there's, honestly, there's 24 different types of reps. So, What's um, short, long, or mixed? Um, they're like minutes, two minutes, yeah, and nothing more than the longest. Oh, the longest one was 10 minutes at my FTP, which is pretty hard um, in the middle of it. But the, like, there was a couple of like sprints. Basically, it was to try and replicate going uphill and then someone trying to break away and matching them and then sort of just ride a good effort. So it was pretty brutal. Um, that, yeah, so that was the um, Friday, the Saturday, sorry. Sunday did 30 minutes, 601 pace. Sam Price commented on this saying his OCD, it, it hurt his OCD because it was 4.99 miles at 601 for 30 minutes and one second. I can kind of relate to that. Disappointing. Um, yeah. And then I actually had a bit of a mare that day. So that was at nine o'clock in the morning. I then proceeded to watch the athletics, the Tour de France, and the Formula One and thought, shit, I've still got two hours to do on the bike. So I went and did that. Um, although I'm just looking and I can't see that on my driver. Didn't happen. You set, set the top. Second of second. Ah, uh, I know got why. This little rise before it, haven't you? It's because my bloody Bluetooth kept disconnecting. I figured out your MacBook only connects properly to one Bluetooth at a time. Yes. Fuck me. I honestly, I wanted to throw the fucking thing across the room. It was so annoying. So look, I've done eight minutes on the first ride. I did fifteen minutes on the second ride, and I was getting so angry. I have to. Um... So when I do my sessions on the treadmill, I have to disconnect my AirPods and everything from yeah. my phone, turn all my Bluetooth on my phone off, yeah. then connect my laptop to Zwift. And then once it's connected, then I turn everything back on and connect everything else again. Yeah, it's infuriating. So in the end, I actually did I, I did a, a loop called the pretzel, which um was pretty big. And you got two monster climbs in it. What so I did two hours twenty on that, and then I did fifteen minutes before minutes before so probably about two hours 40 what do you say sorry i said what shape was it anyway carry on oh good um on the monday i went for a jog with jake and maddie did 20 minutes 652s lowest running at a while two-stepping them the whole way it's unenjoyable for them i would imagine um i then did some strides after so I did three by 15 seconds and that honestly felt I felt like a bowling ball slowly dropped out of someone's hand. That was... Oh, and then I went straight into a bike. So I did 40 minutes straight off uh, off the bike. Then on the Tuesday, um, this was fun. So I did a... There's a... There's a um, what do you call it? A series called Chasing Yellow and Zwift. So um, uh, James Lawler... Uh, used to coach me and Georgie Gretsch. I don't know how you say her surname, is that right? Yeah, I do. We'll go with that. Um, they did it as well, actually. So I got my timing wrong. So I only did five minutes warm up. And if anyone's raced on Zwift, you'll know you have to nail the start. That was unenjoyable. Um, but I managed to, there was 341 people in this race. And I did stay in the front group for a little bit, but then it, it's just relentless. Um, so I ended up in the second group which was probably not the second group at the end. And I, what I found is I can't sprint. I lost 20 places in the last 200 meters. It's ridiculous. So I came a hundredth and I actually, my power wasn't too bad. Uh, I averaged four, I think 4.7 watts, no, 4.6 watts per kilo for 55 minutes, which I think I'm, I was pretty pleased with. And then I did 20 minutes uh, warming down with George after. Then Wednesday, uh, 35 minutes, 6.09. And in the evening, I did the Garrett Thomas Cycling Club ride. Just an easy hour. Thursday, I did 20 minutes. So again, it's two runs back to back. Um, 6.23s. Did some strides again. That's just three three times 15 seconds there. 
Um, and then in the evening, I did one of the, the Zwift climbs. So just did 40 minutes on one of them. Then Friday, um, I did another race, actually. So the, the downside of these races is because I'm not very powerful on the flat, people just draft and then sprint or they absolutely explode up a hill. Because I really want to, I need to try and time my session to, for a hilly one, but I've not managed that yet. But this one, I did manage to actually um, stay in the lead group for a little while. Shout out to, I was telling Aaron before, Steve uh, Robinson, because this race was on um, YouTube. It was streamed and he sat and watched the whole hour, which was uh, probably quite boring for him. But it was quite good because he kept giving me tips when I, once I'd been dropped. And, but yeah, we actually went. So this set, the second group I was with. And if anyone doesn't like cycling and just likes running, you're going to find this boring as hell. But I'm going to say anyway. We got dropped and we we're about 20 seconds back. And four of us absolutely buried ourselves to try and catch the lead group. And we did. But we caught them exactly at the bottom of a climb. So they've nailed this climb. And it was really fucking hard, to be honest. Um, so I, I did get a couple of PB power things out of this. I think uh, I, got, I held um, for a minute, I held seven watts per kilo, which I think is pretty decent. Um and my, my sprint at the end wasn't so bad. So I came 28th, I think, out of 148. So that was a bit better. Then did my warm down. Um, and then Saturday, I did 40 minutes, 6.15s. That's the longest run I've done. Um, and then I did 40 minutes on the bike in the evening at 9 o'clock. Bit of a late one. And then Sunday, I did two hours uh, with the Evo group. Um yeah, so I did two hours there. I went straight to the gym, which was a mistake. I should have run first. I didn't run until half eight at night, and my legs were absolutely battered. So I did 20 minutes at 6.30s. But, um, so, yeah, so that's my week. Oh, wow, two weeks. A lot of cycling, a bit more running. So you're running. Hmm. It seems to be progressing quite slowly. Is that deliberate? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've just been doing exactly what Alex has been setting me. Okay. So it's just easy running, pretty much. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, this this is the first week that I've got a little bit of a session. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that should be all right. It's, it's like 15 minutes of effort max. So, Well, I noticed you've obviously you've, you've had a couple of runs where you've done strides after now. Have you, had, yeah. have, you felt, have you felt anything on the strides? All been good? No, I, I, I mean, I would say the ones, the the ones which my case feels worse are the slower ones. Like the strides are better. Um, I mean, by worse, I mean it's a little bit stiff. Like first mile, first half a mile. Um, but once I get going, I mean, my whole body's generally pretty shitty at the, like the first mile. Um, but once I sort of get into running, I actually feel not so bad. And I just made making sure. One thing I did do, I wore Pegasus one run, and that. that However, I pronate in them. My Achilles doesn't like that. Um, there's too much sort of sideways movement at the back. So I'm sort of staying clear of them. I've just been running in structures and that cool. seems to be a bit better. Cool. So more cycling this week? Oh, yeah. Every day is a cycle day. <laughs> what, Josh, did, what, I... what are you going to do when like you start building running up again? You're going to have to make a choice. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, cycling is still pretty uncomfortable because... I I'm like almost a hundred percent that I broke my wrist when I fell off because it was seven weeks ago now, and it's still very very uncomfortable putting my hand uh, my wrist on handlebars. So yeah, I mean, doing a two hour ride yesterday, like I have to keep sort of taking it off and like not manipulating it, but it's yeah, it's not pleasant. But yeah, I uh, I am actually quite enjoying it to the point I would debate racing a giraffe on. Oh, watch the space. Yeah, probably won't happen, but you're going to take, take down your dad. I think you just absolutely batter me on the bike. It'd be interesting. Well, so duathlon is it's standard distance is I think 10K. it's 10k, 25 miles, 5k. Yeah, 10k, 40k, 5k, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think the problem would be I'd get to the 5k at the end and I'd really have jelly legs. Yeah, I'd have to run 29 30 the first 10k. Well, if it's short like the one your PB is on, then you're yeah, <laughs> it would be quite fun. 
just imagine how demoralizing it would be how many people would come past you on the bike oh man yeah but yeah there we go cool let's go to Strava leaderboard I've only got last week's haven't got the week before Chris Kelly top last week um, from Cambridge 122 miles Josh solid this time of year I've taken over your segment but I'm just going to carry on for a second because the women's top was competitive I I like to think they were all looking at each other because Charlotte Reagan topped it with 82 miles and then Liza Bradshaw 78.6 Hayley Green 78.5 Charlie Fortin 77.6 and Christine Watermelon 76.8 competitive at the is, top is she back to Watermelon? yeah Good. So, yeah, five miles separating that top five. Strong. One thing I've just noticed, actually, I uh, I was looking at the leaderboard for this week so far. I've got Joe Skipper has joined. It's a big name. Yeah, but he doesn't put much on Strava, does he? Um, he puts I don't bit, know, to be honest. little bits and pieces from what I can gather. He's one person I would not be in a draft on. Give it a go. <laughs> Let's go to list a question. I got one here from Ian Buckley. He said, "How far out from a marathon do you start practicing fueling at race level?" I found that for long runs up to two hours, I usually don't take anything with me. Or if I do, it's one gel taken roughly halfway. Entered Manchester and ran Edinburgh in May, where I got as much fuel in as I felt I could without having stomach issues. Anyway, so. Josh, you practiced fueling pretty much throughout your last build, didn't you? So, yes and no. I would say on the sessions, yes, definitely. I would be making sure that you're sort of trying to mimic what you would do in the race. On a long run, I probably wouldn't bother unless I'm going over 22. You had, you had drinks on most of them. Not on the, my not on my easy runs. I didn't. If I was running like five fifty sixes, unless it was really hot, you had you had mad. I feel like we spoke about this every week. Maddie on a bike, and then you when you're in Spain, you could uh, train you did a bike sport to give you drinks. And there was one run where you didn't have drinks. You nearly died. Yeah, but that they none of them were under twenty miles or twenty two miles. Even but every was... every long run you did was over twenty miles, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. So anything, anything which is like twenty miles or less, like two hours, I won't bother. Okay. Um, when you're getting like twenty two, twenty four, then I think it's probably sensible. Just so you don't. I think you can just end up in a bit of a hole if you don't. Um, but yeah, sessions absolutely. I would do it through the block as soon as you start doing marathon sessions. Yeah, I've always found that Josh is Josh is quite desperate to get drink support on most of his long runs. He gets a bit sulky. Yeah. Can't get drink. Can't get bike support to handle his drinks <laughs> at regular intervals. Shane, I think I think just to um, layer on from or add some more context to Josh. Josh is we've all heard his his long run pace. The twenty mile run is less than two hours or about two hours. So, I think from that perspective, if you're doing a two hour easy run. Uh, I I typically get my um my, my athletes doing two hours to try to get them actually about two and a half before start thinking about fuel, but I kind of make it a bit optional. It's like it's up to you, take it if you want or don't. But I do think there's an advantage to doing some easy long runs without fueling that even and actually going slow on them as well. It's, it's really hard to do a long slow run, like properly slow. Um so just encourage your body just to save its carbs for fuel and burns more fats and um, just add that stimulus in there. I think by the time it comes to specific marathon sessions, when they get the, the, the long in a way, and then they get quite tough, um, I'm all for practicing. But look, I'm a novice myself as a runner doing it. So I'm looking forward to actually getting to try it out myself. But I think just the consideration is if maybe if you've someone who's got a bit more of a sensitive stomach to gels and things, you're probably better off practicing early. If you're somebody who's tend to be okay, just practice them on your key sessions and just make sure that you can do it. 
and your body can do it. Yeah. Um, however, price of a Morton gel, £32.40 for 12. <laughs> but what, £2.50? No, more. Nearly £2.75, is that, per gel? I'll tell you what, I've wasted a lot of them this year in marathons. Well. <laughs> been sat on a table. <laughs> I just have them randomly dotted around my office. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where they come from. They're sort of like in bags everywhere. Get, get um, through meetings. But don't they don't they expire? Somebody was saying like there's an expiry. Yeah, they do. They, I think a little while, but so I, I used to November use twenty two expired oh. SIS gels when I was hungover. I think what we're saying is everybody's different, right? And you kind of. I think the the more you practice, the less issues you should have on race day. You should, but um, but there is. I would say, from person, I know others have had bad experiences, but Morton and some of these new like hydrogel type technologies do have less impact on the stomach. The really sugary gels of old, which used to be very sickly, these. For me, are much better, but I know others have. Josh, can you take a gel yet? I can, yeah. I did take one, but I wouldn't want to take more than sort of one. And I have to really concentrate. I remember watching Josh take his first Morton gel. That was was horrendous. He gagged in a bush for about five minutes. What about the gel? Good. I think I think when I do marathon, I might see if I can do it on jam sandwiches or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna race in a cycle jersey and have sandwiches in my back. Does that sound, Josh? <laughs> Imagine them getting sweaty or. But it, it is difficult. It's difficult to practice because, as I said, if you can't put your bottles out, you've got to rely on someone with bike support. Not everybody gets somebody to come out from two and a half hours on a Sunday morning, Josh, and even crash her bike and still come out with you. Got this, mate. Anyway, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Move on. On to some news. First piece of news Kenyan marathoner Titus Ikiru um, is facing a potential 10 year ban for yes. oh. anti doping violations. I think he had two, two violations and then also tampering with results. It's either four fastest of all time. Is that right? I I have a feeling that he did. He was very up there in a major recently. Maybe Berlin. Maybe he he won Milan. I want to say um, he won Abu Dhabi in November twenty twenty one and tested positive after that. So I'd be surprised if he was still. He ran. He ran two hundred two in Milan in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, it must be yeah, it must be a different guy then. But he had um he had Bradley Wiggins's drug in his body, didn't he? Which one? I mean look, I'm not I, I don't think he's bothered. I'm looking at his I've got his World Athletics profile up now. He's won Milan twice, Abu Dhabi, Seville, Honolulu yeah. twice. Uh, how hot that one would be. And and somebody in Mexico. So he's he's probably uh, yeah, runner juiced up, won all these marathons, made a load of money, doesn't matter, does it? Well, yeah. I, I what I quite like is his progression. So let's go twenty sixteen, a two fifteen, twenty seventeen, a two oh seven, twenty eighteen, two oh nine, and then twenty nineteen, two oh four, twenty one, two oh two. It's not even trying to hide it, is he? Yeah. There's hope for us all. If I run two oh two next year. <laughs> when when Josh gets properly into the cycling world, you can be so <laughs> it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah. Popping out popping out twenty six flat. <laughs> um in other news, Jake Whiteman, I think we mentioned Death Week, he is officially out of the the world champs. He suffered a a freak injury to his foot in the gym in January in South Africa. Um, his recovery hasn't been straightforward. He said he's run out of time, so he won't be defending his 1,500-meter title in Budapest. Um, right, results. We'll start back 
a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember what night it was on. I think it was Thursday night, a week and a half ago. The Diamond League rolled around to Lausanne. Lausanne. How do you say it? I can't Lausanne. say it. Lausanne. <laughs> Getting too southern. Lausanne. Good day for 1500. Did you watch? We watched the 1500, didn't we? Maybe you didn't. I did. I did. So the Brits, I mean, Josh Kerr ran 329.6. Uh, Elliot Giles, 331. Neil Gawley, 332. So, yeah, Jakob Imager-Britson took the win in 328. Germer, 329. And Josh Kerr was in third. 5,000 metre race. I've seen some silly races this year. This was probably the silliest. Uh, I know it sounds like we've been a bit, I don't know, sceptical. But So, Aragawi took the win in 12.40. Josh Chepsky, 12.41 in second. Uh, Gabriel Wett, 12.49. Bikili, 12.49. So, four men under 12.50. Do I have the splits here? Um, yes, I do. So... They were seven forty one through three k. I can't. Was that the last k? Was it to ten thirteen through through four k? What's that? Two twenty seven. Well, they broke five for two k, didn't they? Yeah. The final two k. And it wasn't for me. Check this guy. Look, he's the world record holder. Um, looked like he was working. I mean, he was in second, and I know it makes a difference. Aragawi, he didn't even look out of breath running a 12.40 and finishing as quick as he did. He almost... I mean, I've not ever been like that in a park run, let alone a Diamond League, where you're running a, a PB. So it's not, it's not like he's just won the race. He's run a, his best ever time. And he's crossed the line, barely breathing, stopped for a second, then basically gone off running to celebrate like he can do another sub-13 straight away. Um, and was it Bikili as well? I think he's... Hutchins commented. Yeah. At least look like you, you've worked hard. Um, and the thing is as well, like, especially, I've not actually paid much attention to anyone else in, in a race, but Apart from Bikili, I noticed we've had what three ridiculous five Ks now in these diamond leagues. Yeah. Like two weeks was it? Something yeah. like that. Bikili's followed them all. Every time people have started popping out sixty second laps for fun, he's followed them all. And it's just not. I mean, you look at like Berega's getting hammered, and towards the sort of end of Mo Farah's career, Berega was you know this up and coming talent, and we're getting these people, these these sort of East Africans that are coming out of nowhere now many times out for fun and I mean yeah we are sceptical and we sound like we're moaning about it every week but it's it's like they're not even trying to hide it it's like clear cut so anyway Chep's guy yeah fair enough he's the world record holder but a lot of these other like like Aragawi's just he's really new on the scene and starts winning 1240 for fun yeah what are your thoughts Josh um I have faith that they're just training hard. Yeah. I I honestly thought we were gonna see Aragari just do something like twenty five by K after after we finished. Um yeah. I mean don't don't get me wrong, I wanna see someone run like twelve ten around a five K, it'll be nuts, but you know. Uh Hutchins said Bikini is just around twelve forty nine and isn't even tired. Um but, yeah. but to play devil's advocate, how much of it is the spike footwear? How much of it is the fact that you're not just getting one person who's dominant anymore? You're getting a handful of guys, whether they're whether they're doping or not. You're getting groups of fast runners getting after it every race now in good conditions. Do you think mm. that counts for some of it? Most of them are just double thresholds. That's all. It, that's all it is. I think they're doing eight minute marvels. <laughs> there was also Great. there's also Stockholm on, wasn't there? Um that was on yeah. 
I want to say a couple of nights before it. Now, the 400 meter hurdles, did you see Carson Warholm? Yeah, but I saw the just stop oil. That's I would have loved more. Uh, the best thing to come out of that race would have been those athletes. You know, was it Gaza that um, hit that fan in the face? No, I Oh, him, yeah. I would have loved one of the hurdlers spike him straight in the face. That would have, that would have pleased me. Yeah, I mean, I'm amazed nobody got hurt. It's out. It's pure luck that nobody got hurt. So to just stop oil protesters sat about ten meters before the line, didn't they? For like a a route, they sat actually on the track. A few about yeah. ten of them. Absolutely um, more. Noticeably, not in cast, not in lane eight where Warholm was, which was probably lucky again. Um. Why, why aren't the um, protesting against discus and shot put? Pussies. <laughs> Still in the middle of the javelin. Javelin, yeah. 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 I'm, all, I'm all for that. Get him on the infield. Come on. It's, a, it's an odd one. Um, not sure where the security were. Anyway, the, at, at Stockholm, or was it Lausanne? Maybe it was Lausanne. Uh, Keely Hodgson ran 158. She got defeated by Mary Mora. Kenya. Um, I feel like this was about two months ago. It was. So, week before last, Watford Diamond League in the UK, Watford Grand Prix. It wasn't a Diamond League. Uh, the We had a 3,000 on where Mark Scott took the win in 7.48 from Emil Caress and Iceland's, but also City of Hull, Boldvid Boldvid Magnusson. Um, he's made sizable jumps in the last couple of years after he's been to the States. He ran 7.49 for third. In the women's, Cristina Ruiz of Spain took the win in 8.59. I haven't got who's second. Alex Milliard was third in 9.02. In the 1500, Nick Griggs took the win in 3.40 from James West in 3.41. Uh, in the women's, Mary Ikeru of Kenya took the win in 4.11. Uh, Mordi Skyring of Australia 411 and Neem Hubbard 412. Right, British champs. How much of this did you watch, anyone? I did watch quite a lot of the British champs. <clears throat> um, should we do results first and then talk about it? Well, let's do the results of the 5,000. That's the one I, that's the oh, we're going to talk about. I haven't watched any of the British champs other than I saw a rerun of the 800 and I saw the rain. So you can fill in the blanks. So I'll read the results. Um, men's 5,000, it said in torrid conditions, Tom Bridges, James West had one of the best runs of his career to take the win um, in 1342, just ahead of Emil Caress in 1343 and Tom Mortimer in 1344. That, is a bit of a surprise to me. I would have backed Emil. Yeah, yeah you say that. Emil did no. run 208 in April. Like, to put that into context, 748 or whatever, the Wednesday before. And then, and he, Emil went to win it. He went so hard at the bell. And that was the one thing of my highlight of the whole championship. It wasn't anyone winning. It was Emil's last lap. You, you just think, uh, yeah, I just thought it was fast. It was, it was very impressive, and I wonder whether you know you'd James James West versus Emil Caress. You you'd expect Emil to Emil to have to to show his face earlier. Yeah. Uh, so the fact he didn't is either one he's got his kickback for a marathon runner, um, or maybe yeah, maybe he was just feeling tired and just hoped that he could have been best at the at the end. Because, I mean, they still ran, what, 2.27 last K? I think it was. Um, I haven't got... I'm just about to try to pull the the splits up. Um, and uh, to be fair, a lot of the the lot of the probably last 2K, the grunt work was done by Jack Rowe. He sort of got it moving. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to ask. So was it slow early on? Yeah, it was. 
So because I, I just saw that the level of people in that field. So you had Johnny Davies, you had Charles Hicks, you had Wheeler, um, then Emil. So I presume it was it was windy and nobody wanted to take it out, take it on. I I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So they went off in two fifty three. It's half the problem. Um, then five forty one. They were eight thirty three at three thousand. So. 14-15 pace. So he's just lost to James's speed, essentially. Yeah, basically, yeah. So maybe... But, but honestly, Aaron, you should watch the last lap because he really did give it a good go with 400. Fair enough. Um, so in the women's 5,000, again, I, I'm led to believe it went out a little bit slow. Um, Jess Warner-Judge took the win. It was really slow. Sorry, really slow. It was like sixteen forty pace, I think, at, at like for for two k or something. So what what were the conditions like? Because this was Sunday. It, so for the women's five k, it on um, it it by Sunday it was it wasn't too bad. It was only really the men's fifteen hundred that got battered on the Sunday. I don't know if it was windy or not, but it looked good conditions. But I think again, just people not just not wanting to take it out. And that's, then, that's, yes, very, that's very, I mean, for a lot of those girls, women, 320, then 644, then 1004 at 3000. Yeah. I mean. But then what what I did find was quite impressive. Jude went and went hard. She did a 253 yeah. 4K. <laughs> it's a wow. wide cut. And, but when she went and then um, Amy Eloise Markov, like, followed her instantly and, and just popped and sort of Abby sort of got away from the pack as early as she could. But the manner in which Judd did it was, it was very, very impressive to be fair. Um, yeah. It looked ridiculous. Yeah. So, so Judge at the win, Markovic second, Abby Donnelly third in that one. Um, women's 15 was a bit of a shock. So yeah, I watched the race and so, um, yeah, Katie Snowden won, Laura Muir second, um, and yeah, Melissa Courtney Bryant was third. Um, Laura Muir did a sort of trademark 600 to go, put the hammer down. Snowden just followed and executed it perfectly, to be fair, but Snowden made sure she was on the front the whole race. Yeah, and uh, again, it was she was ready for when Laura came. So I think she just tactically got it perfectly. So I've got twenty-two degrees on the results, so not not warm. They've they've ran a seventy-two, and they've gone through eight hundred and two twenty-five. I so, mean, for, for Laura, that must be easy run pace. It does make I I often wonder about some of our, our championship races. We especially you, when you compare it to America. Yeah, but and and the diamond leagues and things. I know they're paced a bit more, but. It seems like everybody in our races thinks they've got a better kick than each other, and they literally leave every race to like a quarter version of it. I I, I think um, on on the middle distance side of it, I think I think that that's fair because you you good we've got quite a lot of good kickers, and I, I mean you look at the the men's eight hundred depth of that final was insane. Yeah. So you got people like Josh on the men. I mean, obviously we'll talk get to the end may, men's eight in a second, but. Josh Kerr couldn't live with the speed of it, for example, at the start. So we've got a lot of good 15 runners who have a really good 800 pedigree now, especially on the women's side. Um, so you have got a lot of the big players, are the kickers. And I think that leaves those that know they're not going to stand a chance. They just don't bother going to the front and running hard anyway, um, because I think they just don't want to take it on. So what I don't fully understand is why doesn't somebody who's, probably knows they're not going to win, but like, do you know what? I'm in a national final. I'm against some world-class athletes here. I'm going to lead it. I'm going to get a photo in front of these people. I'm going to, I'm going to just, just, just go out there and run hard and see what happens. Um, but then you can understand why some people won't, especially over the long run. Hmm? Matt Crean. Crean would. <laughs> He'd be off the front, mate. Easy. He would have gapped Max Bergen. Yeah. <laughs> Men's 15, do you want to talk for that, Josh? 
I will. Um, I actually didn't watch the final. So I watched all of Saturday and I missed Sunday afternoon. So men's men's 15, again, very, as Shane was saying, very competitive. Um, they went out went out reasonably, round 62. Then they slowed it off with a 67 second lap. Um, then a 62 and then they had a, a massive burn up. Um, and Neil Gawley took the win in 3.46 from Elliot Giles in also 3.46 and George Mills also in 3.46. Um, I mean, the top eight are separated by 1.5 seconds. So a blanket finish. Neil got quite lucky, I would say. Um, he was very boxed in, even with one fifth, 100 to go and... I can't remember who went what. Was it George Mills moved out a little bit? And Gawley managed to sneak on the inside. Stonier and Adam Fogg tried to come from from the pack and run run wide and Stonier nearly made it, but um but yeah. It's it's ultra competitive because you look down down the down the lists in that in that field. I mean the whole fourteen runners are separated by five seconds. So they were all, all there or thereabouts with with two hundred to go. Um, in the women's eight hundred, I think this one went went pretty much to form. Keely Hodgkinson took the win in one fifty eight, uh, taking a stadium record, um, fastest at a British champ since nineteen ninety six. So, yeah, she's one who definitely takes it on, but she's got the, the speed to sort of win whatever way she wants. Uh, Jeremy Riki second in 158.9 and Alex Bell two flats. The the last, well, second to last race we talked about was the men's 800. And this is the one I have seen quite a lot of because it's all over social. Yeah, um, so awesome. um, now, Matt, Max Bergen, who's been out injured for a while, he, he was back and... He's not raced at all this year, I don't think. He he hit halfway in forty nine point seven. So well, if you're a bit race rusty, what will sort your legs out? <laughs> you always said, Josh, if you feel a bit bit shit, just run. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's obviously been listening to your advice. Um, I'd I'd imagine his first two hundred is also something ridiculously quick, um, but. Inside world record pace at the bell, he he looked he looked good until six hundred. They sort of were closing a little bit, but even through about seven hundred, they weren't closing enough. Even seven fifty, it was only like that. I thought I've always the commentator. I think I think it was Hutchins, wasn't it? Was almost like he's made it, and then. What is it? Probably the last twenty meters. He ten. It, yeah, ten meters. It it just the lactic stops him and he falls over the line. Um, if you look, if you look carefully, he uh, he couldn't pick his feet up and he clipped. He fell because he clipped his toes on the track, um, and I mean it just looked unbelievably painful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dan Rowden timed it to perfection, pretty much. To him and Ben Patterson came came round, and Dan Rowden took the win in one forty five point one three from Ben Patterson in one forty five point one five. Max Bergen was given one forty five point one six. So that's that's how close it is. I mean, if if that was a seven hundred ninety nine meter race, he would have won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I will say on that men's eight hundred is actually when when Hutchins goes through the lineup, it was actually probably the most excited I've been for a, a British final in a long time. Um, it was absolutely loaded, absolutely loaded, and yeah, I, I think I mean fair play to Max Bergen, but actually what a run from Dan Rowden as well. Last result. Steeple Chasers, Will Battershield took the win in 844, Poppy Tank 1002, 
um, in those. And one last result from the last two weeks was on Sunday. So yesterday we had Wilmslow 10K. Um, again, a Matt Cloud special. Johnny Mellor took the win in 28-49 and Gemma Steele took the win in 33-11. Second was Heather Townsend, 33-25 and Sally O'Gorman, third in 34-50. So, yeah, quick racing still on the roads near Manchester after the British champs in Manchester. I suppose the one thing we've not said is conditions. Did you see the 100-metre start yeah it was horrendous you can actually see the uh the stream died because it was so bad at the time well yeah the bbc stream cut out i'm i believe it was given 0.0 mile per hour or meters per second on the wind scale but that's because the winds whatever thing filled up with water so it couldn't move so yeah i think i saw a clip somewhere from somebody who would recorded it from like the about the hundred meter start, and you just see like a big gust of wind comes over, and I think like you just see them like verge, all get like blown over to the side. It's about time the sprinters did something we have to do. Yeah, I did think that, <laughs> but yeah. I, I tell you what is good. I don't know if you saw it going around on Twitter. Um, James Rhodes got a picture to finish. Yes. And uh, obviously, it looks biblical, and that's got a lot of a lot of Twitter likes. I think Richard Osman uh, retweeted it. We did it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so he's done well there. It's blown up more than an article about a BBC newsreader. <laughs> right, that's it for results. Um, Josh, what's happening in your life this week? Um, got team social on Sunday. Uh, sorry, on Friday. Uh, other than that, not a huge amount. I'll be yeah doing doing my first little session. Um, but yeah, just on the bike. I get my results for my exam on Sunday night. But if I don't mention them on Monday, it's because I failed. <laughs> you get your results on what night? Sunday at midnight. Sunday. Yeah. You're gonna stay up. Um, I normally the last time I got or the last two times I got them, I woke up sort of pretty close to that time anyway. It's like you know when you just, your body just knows. And I woke up and I just got they they text you then. So, Shane, what's happening in your life? Uh, I'm going to do some running, and I, f- I feel like I am missing something important, but I can't remember. So uh, I'm just going to do some running. And I'm I'm going to take your advice, Aaron, and I'm going to maybe start my coursework earlier and not play so much Clash of Clans. Take that back. <laughs> Josh is growing his hair, isn't he? I'm actually getting it shaved on Wednesday. That's the other thing I forgot I'm doing this week. Just shaving my head again. Well, I need to shave your eyebrows as well. I'll keep them this time. What are you doing, Aaron? Hoping for a quiet week because I've been everywhere last week. So, Um, So the one one thing you didn't say, Shane, oh, I'll be doing running. (laughs) I wish I was. (laughs) I think, Josh, you need to set Aaron upon Zwift. He's on it. Got it. I know, but he's getting on his bike properly. I don't. I don't think I can even cycle. You can't. He's in running. Yeah, but you not. can go proper easy on the bike, though, if you want. We'll see. Or do but, what I did. I had yeah, an easy yeah. ride tonight. I did the colder tourmalade pretty hard. Aaron, I've got a plan for you. Right. You need to get on the blower to someone down in East Africa, get yourself some some T3 or T4, and you'll be all right. You'll be fine. Thanks. Thanks for your assistance, Dr. Shane. Right, and on, and on, your, on your TUE form, we'll just put your condition is being a melt. Good. What's happening in the tour next week? Anything good? There's a rest day today. Uh, it's, the tour's been really good, actually. Um, if you've not been watching it, I would recommend catching up. I mean, 
it's basically who I think it goes back to what we've been talking about all episode. Who's on the most juice? I think I think Vin Vingard he looks dirty as hell. I'm a big Pagacha fan. Um because he just doesn't give a fuck. He'll attack flat out at everything. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we so, need. That's what we yeah. need. Champs is more attacking. Yeah. Right, boys. That's it. We'll speak again next week. Yeah, if you yeah. turn up.